This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means it's the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program, as you know, dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, life questions. And on Thursday, when Paul is here, pretty much any question you've got, all you've got to do is call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email your questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel San Antonio mobile app. And remember, especially if the street's a little wet out there today, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. And the rest of it is all hands-free and you're safe. Paula, thanks for being here again. You're welcome. Thanks for hanging out with me today. My pleasure. We have a couple anniversaries we want to talk about. Yeah. Today. And and a couple of birthdays as well. My friend Phyllis MacArthur, it's her birthday today. Oh. And our second. She's 31. uh, Yeah, well, we're not, we don't do ages. Remember Sam when he asked on birthdays, he just says, give me your name. I'm not looking for a number. So <laughs> I know Phyllis would appreciate that. Happy birthday, Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our... She, she's out of town, right? She's out of town. Yeah. And we need prayer for my friends. And so, uh, but anyway, and then our second granddaughter turns turns 16 today, Ilyana. Unreal. That I just, Yeah. We're getting old, Pastor Ron. Yeah, you know when you're when you're uh, you know, fifteen hundred miles away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had this picture of little six year old Ileana running around, mm-hmm. and, and she's not six years old anymore. No, no, and FaceTime keeps us caught up because yeah. she is grown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's hard for Grandpa when they're yeah. You, you FaceTime them, and there's this grown woman mm-hmm. on the other side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And her voice sounds like mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks like her dad and gorgeous like her mom. It just It's just too much. So <laughs> maybe we'll just call her. We won't FaceTime today. But our, our two <laughs> anniversaries, uh, Pastor Ken and May, Woo-woo. their anniversary is today. And they're Happy celebrating. They had a day out. I think I think they were getting, well, I probably shouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but, do that to Pastor Kid. But happy anniversary. And then a very special one. Uh David and and uh, Linda Luna. Linda Luna mm-hmm. uh are celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary. I cannot believe that. Today. Somebody's older than 
us, yeah. Pastor Ron. You know what? Though? I felt really bad because when I was talking to them on Sunday and congratulating them, uh, um, David said, it's our 50th anniversary and they're one year ahead of us. Actually married one year earlier than we were. Mm-hmm. We've been together longer, but mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they hit 50 and we're hitting 49 this year. Yeah. And I looked at David and all I could be thinking was, was man, you, you don't look anywhere near old enough to be married that long. Mm-hmm. And, and then he said he's 72 years old. And I thought, Man, I wish I looked that good. <laughs> he does look good. He's old. Yeah. But uh, happy anniversary, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we love 50 you. years. What an accomplishment. Yeah. And uh, congratulations are due. And since this is National High Five Day, I'm certain that high fives are going on in heaven. <laughs> so God bless you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> Paula, what's in your heart today? Well, you know, Pastor Ron, I have to continue to talk about our women's retreat, which is May 6th through the 8th. We are, we probably are uh, packed already, you know, and unless people want to start going into the dorm rooms. But um, I still want to invite people because every once in a while, something comes up and maybe somebody can't go. So anyway, please, if you still want to go to our women's retreat, it's May 6th through the 8th at Alto Frio. Um, and, but you need to order your T-shirts online. And I would say for you in the radio listening audience, I always want to say that. That's like when people say, make it a, a, a true daily double. Uh, now it's not Alex, but whoever the host happens to be. But um, by this Saturday, by this Saturday, you should have your go online and be sure to order your T-shirts. And then um, I'll be doing, along with Dawn, the final count of T-shirts this Sunday because we do not have any more uh, leeway other than this Sunday. So get your T-shirt ordered for the women's retreat. So by this Sunday. Um, But and then after that, what I have on my mind is, you know, I have a Rubik's Cube on my purse again. Many, many, many years ago, I used to have a Rubik's Cube that would remind me that. And you had it for a long time. A long time. And then it just the the keychain broke, you know, and I tried to fix it with super glue and stuff like that because, you know, I don't know how to fix stuff really. But anyway, it didn't work. So I've not had a Rubik's Cube hanging on my purse for a long time. And then um, sometime, I think maybe about three or four months ago, one of my sweet daughters uh, gave me a Rubik's Cube. And so there it is. And so um, in pretty much all of the Bible stories and this Bible studies we've been listening to. It's it's Rubik's cube. <laughs> it's Rubik's cube, Pastor Ron. Romans eight twenty eight. Let me explain to the audience. For, for me and Paula, a Rubik's cube is is um, a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Paula not so much as me. But I'm like a real orderly guy. I actually have two Rubik's Cube in my office, in the studio here, and I'm looking at them. But um, the kids like to come in and mess them up because I, I, I like order. Mm-hmm. And so I like all the sides to be the same color the way it's supposed to be. And the kids all come and say, but but I can fix it. Let me mess it up and then I'll fix it. And then they find out they can't a lot. <laughs> so I've got these out of whack mm-hmm. Rubik's Cubes mm-hmm. sitting in my office. i got to find... Pastor Ken or Caleb or somebody comes in and fixes it for me, but um, um, it's it, it, for for you and for me, Paula. Um, we've seen God Rubik's cube our life over and over and over. I destroy it; He fixes it. 
we step out in faith and he's still fixing it. We, we, we do something that makes no sense. And I look at my figurative Rubik's cube and it's like, Oh man, things are so messed up. What did I do wrong? And God just, and he fixes it right back. And he can do it faster than any of these kids can for Mm -hmm. sure, Mm -hmm. but he just fixes it. And so that, that, that solid Rubik's cube fixed the way it's supposed to be is sort of where God has kept us over all these years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. It's Romans eight twenty eight yep. in action. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, excuse me, but I'm kind of freaking out right now because when your producer moved his head, one of your Rubik's cube is all messed up. I know it's a kid. You have one that's fine. And then one that's all messed up, Pastor Ron. I don't know if I can continue today. I, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I think I need to go. I'm so sorry. I'm well, starting to sweat right well, now. See, I can't fix it. God can. I know. But I can't this person it. in this room can't fix it either. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what we we got to deal with is is oh, I'll, I'll get it fixed. But but it's just for, for us. We've looked at our life that seems to be spinning out of control at times, yeah. and. Um, God intervenes and we're back together. Everything is fine. He says, do not worry. Do not be afraid. You know, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will make you give you rest. So that's what I'm, he just needs to talk to me right now. Paula, chill out. I'm going to get that Rubik's Cube fixed for you, baby, eventually. Look at me, Paula. (laughs) That's right. Let me look at you, Ron. That's right. Let me look at you. So the, uh, the Rubik's Cube, the song that the worship team sang the other night where he's the God of the hills and the valleys and I am not alone. So, you know, I was thinking of Rubik's cubes from the Bible. And my first one was Moses being this special child, you know, and that, um, the, it was supposed to be killing all the, the male children, two and younger. And yet, um, Moses' mom and sister said, oh, no, we gotta, we're not doing that. We're just, let's put him in this basket, you know, and float him down the river. And he happened to be picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, it turns out, the way God Rubik's cubed it, <clears throat> that his very own mom was able to nurse him and get paid to do it. Yeah, it's just one of those... But see, we we've seen those kind of things in our lives over and over when when things just seem to be spinning out of control and um <coughs> then then it wasn't so yeah and so and then you know he's raised in the palace and he's he's like the guy you know the the pharaoh really loved him better than he did his really his own true son be be careful because you're remembering the movie Oh, yes, you're right. I so, am. Not the, not the biblical account. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moses, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it does say that <clears throat> he chose to be mistreated. Um, you know, it, somewhere deep down inside, he knew that he was God's man. And God was just working that whole situation out. And he is noted as being the deliverer, you know. And yet, you know, he goes and he says, let my people, I'm in the movie right now. (laughs) I got my 
hands on my hips for y'all. Uh, let my people go. You know, I can see the staff being, and he's going to, you know. Can you see Yul Brynner saying, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the little boy come up, who are you? You know, <laughs> kick the staff. Just because you're snaking these other snakes. That's just some trick. That's right. And he kicks his staff. But anyway, so <laughs> Moses goes out to big deliver to the people, and he has to tell them, it's worse. <laughs> and we thought, I was going to, I thought we were out of here. Now we got to make bricks with less straw. No straw. No straw. Get your own straw. <clears throat> we have to have the same quota. <clears throat> Moses, what have you done to us? You know, so, you know, that's like I'm looking over there and your Rubik's Cube is all messed up, Pastor Ron. The people were saying, this is messed up, Moses <laughs> and Aaron. What have you done to us? And they're like ready to get rid of them, but. You know, Moses get up, gets out there, and he's with the people, you know, and he's making the the bricks with the little bit of straw that they've gotten in the mortar and stuff. And so it's just a mess. <laughs> but we know the end of the story. So God had to Rubik's Cube it all together, right? Yeah. Let me explain. We're, we're we're starting to get a bunch of texts from people saying we can hear the construction trucks going beep 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 in the background. We we have insulation here in the studio, but we can't shut that out. And we are seemingly in a constant stage. It doesn't of matter where we over. go. So uh, it, what you're hearing is the freeway behind us, the 1604, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they'll be done working on it by oh, by the rapture. Three thousand. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. we'll be raptured yeah. first. Yeah. Jesus will be back before that. Absolutely. But but that's what the 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 beeping is, and and uh, I guess we can just be grateful that there's no accidents because we get those two back there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. We do. Okay, so I've already been through that movie. So Moses, you know, he goes up on the the mountain, and he comes back face shiny, hair's gray now, and he's the deliverer. So God worked all that out. And so my next one is Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to have, you know, he's um, away from the promised land and his brother comes to him and he's talking about the remnant that's back in the homeland, but the walls are, 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 are down. There's no walls. They got the temple there, but no walls, you know. What are we going to do? So he's fasting and he's praying. And so he goes to the king, you know, with a sad face. This is nothing but sadness of heart because you're not supposed to be sad in the king's face, you know. <clears throat> and so he he's praying, you know, Lord help me kind of a thing. And so the, the king ends up sending him and the queen's right there. So how long will you be gone? You know, I mean, they're real nice people. And uh, he's got sent with papers, protection, and God gave him a plan. And uh, so he's going around the city, you know, not telling anybody what he's doing. And um, he comes back and he's got this plan. And of course, as soon as you Start doing what God wants to do. You got an enemy right there who's going to try to frighten you, threaten you, and, and mock the work you're doing. It never fails. And yet, Nehemiah resolved, along with the people, to finish the work. One hand working, and the other hand with your sword. And so, in that whole process, all of these processes, God is doing the Rubik's Cube. And I can just imagine the Lord in heaven... Um, saying, watch my guy. You know, the angels long to look into these things. I just can't imagine that the angels aren't going, look at Nehemiah. 
you know, and when they came and said, why don't you come down here? And Nehemiah said, no, I ain't coming over there. I got to work today. The angel said, I would have been nervous. You know, you know, me, I'm just, that's my mind. I would have been nervous. I might have gone over there just to see. And he didn't defend himself other than, you're just making this up. You know, a lot of times we get into those situations and then we start backing up and defending ourselves instead of where the Lord says, don't worry, I have you. Just keep stay in your lane and do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> One thing for sure about Rubik's Cubes is um, if you take matters into your own hands, well, then the Rubik's Cube is going to get worse. You start defending yourself. You start trying to, to make your own way instead of just listening to, to what the Lord has spoken to your heart and then persevering in doing it. Uh, the, 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 the problem is that um, we we think well I'll defend myself, um, and and we make things worse. Yeah. And so what we need to do is keep focused on the work. I tell the church here all the time we don't get days off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah because when he went out that that first night to sort of do a reconnaissance mission of the wall, mm-hmm. uh, it was so bad that he had to get off his horse. And I just I know what he was thinking because he's a man like like I'm a man, mm-hmm. and we've looked at things around here. Sometimes said ah, this can't ever get fixed. I mean, what did I get myself into? And the reality is that if you're doing what God wants you to do, um, Nehemiah didn't know it, but God was going to do a miraculous work in 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 an unbelievable short period of time. And it didn't matter what the enemy said. It didn't matter what they were trying to to do. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Yeah. I remember, I remember the first time when we got into this building that we're in right now, when we got the keys and we're, you know, I mean, when we first, they said, okay, but we didn't have a key. We're just kind of looking through the window and the windows were kind of tinted. So we couldn't really see. Um, and there was another man with us and he could tell it was pie shaped. And without ever having been in this building, he's already drawing plans. But when we came in the building, I wished it would have been a little nicer. It was purple, turquoise. There was mirrors everywhere. Pink, hot, like, um, what's that stuff that coats your stomach when you're sick? Pepto-Bismol yeah. pink. It was it, it, it was a lady's health spa. It was horrible. Yeah. That's my word for horrible. Horrible. Um, and we came in here and I was like, this is gonna be a church. This is gonna be a church. <laughs> I don't know the work. These and, and it was one of those things. Where we remember we had mirrors, mirrors everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, and they were whoever put them up. They were supposed to be here forever. <laughs> it was horrible. Paul, the funniest story for me at the time was was the the Saturday before our first Sunday here. Mm-hmm. And I know we we probably had fifty sixty people show up. They were working they were so working hard to, to get it ready. Oh yeah. And uh, after everybody had been here for a couple hours, um, one of the guys comes. He brings his little son, who's probably like six seven years old mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little boy looks around. And he goes, "No way, we're having church here tomorrow." <laughs> I remember. Oh, and I was like, well. Yeah. But see, God rubiscued it. He rubiscued and, it. And we got it done. Probably, I was pretty late that night. Mm-hmm. But we were ready to go yeah. uh, the next morning. And, and sort of, we've been catching up ever since. Yeah. But uh, it, it's an amazing thing. 
unreal. It was so bad. If you think our church is tacky now, you should have seen it with pink and purple and turquoise. Yeah, yeah, no. Super tacky. Yeah. <laughs> but see, it's it's those kinds of things that we live through where where we just stay focused on what God's told us to do. Yeah. And then we get to see, we get to experience the hand of God moving in our lives. But we, as you know, my, my favorite miracle in the New Testament is the feeding of the 5,000. Mm-hmm. Because uh, um, the way I picture it, the, the disciples are thinking, come on, we got to send these people away. And Jesus said, you feed them. We don't have anything to feed them with. And mm-hmm. there's a little boy with a, a tiny, tiny lunch. And uh, and Jesus blesses the food. And I always picture the disciples' backs to the crowd. They were instructed to have them sit in groups of 50 <laughs> or groups of 100. Mm-hmm. And they're hungry. It's late in the day. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Jesus is looking up to the sky, blessing the food. The disciples' back is to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus says, put your hands out. He puts it, And he puts a little tiny scrap of barley loaf bread mm-hmm. and, and a sardine sized fish, you know, just a little bit of it yeah. in each of their hands. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with this? And then, and then he says, <laughs> you feed him. And they turned around yeah. and they had a choice to make at that yeah. moment. And, yeah, and, and for all of you listening, we, we all have a choice to make. When God asks us to do that, which seems impossible, we all have a choice to make. We can say no because it doesn't make sense, or we can say yes, Lord, because you move mountains. Mm-hmm. And and imagine what it was like when, uh, I, and, and I have no way to prove this, but I think Peter turned around first because Peter was always the one that was mm-hmm. making the first move. Mm-hmm. And I think he started to feed people, and he saw the bread and the fish multiply in his hands. And pretty soon the others would join him. Sometimes it only takes one person with faith to take that step. Mm-hmm. And and the others were, were were following. Can you imagine the smiles and the laughter as they were giving food out to everybody? And it says that when the people were gutted, that's literally what the what the Greek is, mm-hmm. um, they had twelve basketfuls of leftovers. Mm-hmm. Each each man had their own souvenir. Well our souvenirs, Paula, yours and mine, are all the things that we've seen that we never ever would have seen uh, had we not said, okay, Lord, my, my Rubik's Cube's a mess, mm-hmm. but you can fix it. Mm-hmm. And he always did that. Yeah. You know, we, I, I'm sure I've messed up a lot of times, but at the end of the day, it actually looks most of the time like I knew what I was doing. You know, I tell the girls when I'm doing marriage counseling, I tell them that all the time. You want to know why I have this Rubik's Cube on my purse? I just told this to a girl yesterday. Because every time I've not been your help meet and I've wanted to kind of um, take matters into my own hands and change your mind about something that... And and had people try to talk you into trucking oh, yeah, me sure. into changing mm-hmm, my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, every single time that I have overstepped, um, instead of just going to pray about it and letting the Lord, if, if, if you were wrong, he would fix it. Every single time I've not trusted him, God has Rubik's cubed it anyway to make sure I know I can trust him. And he always seems to make you look like a genius. <laughs> it used to just irritate me to no end, but I am a genius. God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and that's that's my qualification. There you go. Same here, because it makes no sense, Pastor Ron, that I'm calling you Pastor Ron. 
<laughs> but see, you got to get over that. Now, now I am. But but still, we're being asked to do things all the time that um, we we have no way of doing. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned on this radio program, Paula, that we um, are, are in the process of, of laying the foundation for opening a free restaurant. Mm-hmm. Everything we do here is free. Mm-hmm. And that makes no sense. Restaurants that charge money are going broke. Yeah. And out of business. Yeah. And God is saying, okay, perfect time for us to start something. Now, when we did a free school, when we did Multimedical, when we, we started with Man of House, Joy of Jesus, all the other things. This radio program. Yeah, the first one was this radio Nine years program. ago. And, um, you know, uh, all of those things seemed impossible. It's not like we got 50,000 people coming and we got all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't, our church can't grow. And, and and we we don't have any billionaires floating around now. If you are a billionaire, you can come and float around all you want. <laughs> but the the idea here is, God says do something, and with no resources at all, our responsibility is to say, okay, Lord, it's your church. Mm-hmm. I'm your servant. These are your people, mm-hmm. and we do it. And uh, you, you can hear, you know, the noise the Rubik's cube makes yep. when somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, that's not right. But that's not but, but when somebody who really knows what they're doing with the Rubik's cube, yeah, and they can fix it really, really quickly, mm-hmm. it's got a really sweet noise. Yeah, and and that's what it's like when the Lord is saying, "Okay, do this," and the world is saying, "No, you can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Nobody's ever done something like that." Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we are with our free restaurant, and it gives me an opportunity to ask everybody in the audience, keep praying. The restaurant's name is Unusual Kindness. We'd love to know that you are praying for us. I didn't know we were out of time for this half of the program. Just have time flies when you have well, fun. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. We'd love to have your live calls. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the second half of the date day show, 340-9585. You know, one of the things that you could talk about if you if you uh, want to call, maybe the Lord is is speaking to your heart about doing something that makes no sense at all. And uh, you know, what I want people to do is learn to say, yes, Lord. Um, it, it doesn't matter how afraid we are. It doesn't matter um, uh, how many people tell you it's impossible, that you're crazy, that God didn't say it. I cannot tell you how many times people told me God didn't say a free school. We almost had a church split over it many, many years ago because people thought it was so crazy. And and yet, you know, we just kind of stand back and I hear that heavenly Rubik's Cube moving around and we end up and that's 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 no arrogance. That's just what God does. And if you in the audience are are sort of wrestling with something that God's calling you to do, you need to do it. You just need to do it and not worry about it. it. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. It doesn't say you have to complete it. It's not on you at all. It's on him. And God always keeps his promises. Paula? Yeah. yeah I, I was laughing. Now I'm laughing because before we left California, you said, you know, with me being a pastor, you're going to be teaching the ladies one day. I was like, no, no, I'm going to go on over here. That was a word from the Lord, Paul. <laughs> Evidently. But anyway, this is what, in my mind, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to go on over here to Texas with you because the Lord said, you know, I'm going to follow you. But I'm not paying attention to that little thing you just said. In fact, I think I said the hand of the Lord is going to come down <laughs> with his finger and write it on the wall, Paula. 
you're going to be teaching the ladies. But I fought that for a long time. Uh, I, I, we were we had another lady here many, many years ago who, though I was the women's ministry just head by, because I'm married to you, not really in charge of anything, but she was a real teacher and a very good one at that. And uh, I miss Barbara. Me too. And then when she moved away, there was a void. <laughs> and that voice said, you're up. <laughs> you're out of the bullpen. Because <laughs> you're that baseball guy. Oh, my goodness, how nervous was I thinking, I can't do this. I, you know, I didn't go to Bible college. and You know, I, I'm just starting to understand what this Bible says. I knew I was a Christian. I knew Jesus was real. I knew, you know, I was going to heaven. I knew in praying that he wanted you to be saved and, you know, those kind of things, but not to teach the word, <laughs> you know, and yet. Let me say something to the ladies in the audience, sure. okay? Um, uh, here, here's something that you need to know about Paula. She doesn't think she's smart. And it, it's always been something that bugged her. And 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 it it would be something that the enemy could use to easily intimidate her when she's doing something, and and what we've learned over these years, it doesn't matter if God calls you to do it, He empowers you, and Paula, your your life as a teacher has been so full of joy, and and you've seen the hand of God move simply because you said yes when you didn't think you should have or didn't think you could have. And yet you've you've seen just because you said yes, you've seen God's hand move, and you you know our teaching styles are different. You're more of an exhorter than I am, um, but but you're a wonderful Bible teacher, and that's why people all over the country call you and ask you to come out and teach their ladies. In fact, I get asked to teach at people's, and and the pastor say, you know, the only reason we asked you to come out here is so you could bring Paula so she could talk to our lady. <laughs> And, and and see, that's that's what God does with the man and the woman who says yes. And so what we got to do is say, you know what? God was pretty effective speaking through a donkey. There you go. So if he I speak, qualify. Yeah, if he can speak through a donkey, yeah. you're cuter. Oh, but, cuter. He but, would make rocks cry. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It, it doesn't okay. matter mm -hmm. whether we're qualified. If we're called... He's the one who does the qualifying. And over and over and over throughout the years, I've just had way too many people end up saying no to the Lord because they just didn't think that they could do it. It's almost like God made a mistake. You know, why would he ask me when there are people that are so much smarter? Natural talent means nothing. The only thing that matters is obedience. Thank you. And I'm proud of you because you said yes when with every fiber of your being, you wanted to pack up the car and go back to California. Yeah. When I leave my house to come to teach when it's my turn, pretty much I'm crying the whole way here. Lord, you better have something to say when I turn around. They're going, <laughs> you know? So, Paul, we get a phone call. Our friend Jeff from <laughs> San Antonio on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. <laughs> better have something to say, right? Before you better yeah. have all. Come on, Jesus, help me out. You got to have something help to say. Me. You're the genius here. <laughs> Where is it? What does it say? It's National High Five Day. I don't. Is it really? <laughs> I know it is. I know it's true because my producer never lies to me. Oh, and okay. he has this this 
well of information, and I don't know where he gets it. I'm almost afraid to ask, but I just pass on the information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's great information. I'm I'm so glad. I'm I'm high fiving right now myself. There you go. <laughs> I was driving down the road. Ooh. I heard all the beeping. I hold the, I, and I'm and I'm thinking, what, am I passing another tractor trailer? And they, what's going on? I didn't even realize it was the radio that was beeping through. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Jeff? So. All right, two 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 quick things. First of all, I mean this is kind of important. Will there be vanilla ice cream served at the new restaurant? And um, let's see. I love the Rubik's cube thing going on. I I, I kind of I I never thought of Rubik's cube because I I could never do Rubik's cube, but I knew how to I know how to do etch a sketch, and I always thought yeah. God, mercies are new. Your mercies are new every morning, and I'd be on that edge of sketch, and then all I have to do is like flip it over, and everything's gone and clean, clean slate, right? <laughs> you are really dating yourself with the edge of sketch. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I am. But if you go to Cracker Barrel, they got those little like keychain size ones. You can get yeah. One. Hey, Jeff, so the, on, the only thing I can it. tell you for sure, the only thing I can tell you for sure, it's going to be served at the restaurant is pancakes. You know, with that, you can just stop right there. You don't need anything else. That's right. That's boss's. That's that's boss's privilege. I don't care if it's a soup kitchen. We're gonna have pancakes there, and uh, right. um, I'll be the four hundred pound pastor in the back. <laughs> no, no, he won't. No. <laughs> so a comment uh, about Nehemiah. You know, you're talking about Nehemiah, uh, Paula, and and I, the thing that I think impresses me even more about him. Is how he went through all the chain of command, and he he got all the permissions. He went about it the right way, got all the seals of approval, you know. And 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 it just that just speaks a lot to me because a lot of people just like want to. Sometimes they just they just do it, but they don't they don't like do their homework, you know, to see if it's like the not only the right thing to do or what they have to do to be able to do it, you know. But legitimately, and I wonder if you would comment on that, and I'll just get off the phone because I'll get carried away again. You know, I'll start going, hey, hey, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not so sure that Nehemiah did his homework. Um, um, you know, we who are organized, we like to think that, okay, I'll, I'll get all my ducks in a row. Um, you know, there, there's a, 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 in his encounter with, with the king, um, when he was when he was sad, this this can only be sadness of heart. And he told him, well, "Why wouldn't I be sad when my city lies in ruins and and my people are are in danger?" And and then the king asked him a question: "What do you need?" Yeah, and it said that he prayed three words. Right then, he then I prayed. Oh, yeah, and in that narrative, I think he got his orders directly from the Lord. You know, I, I call those Jeff Flair prayers. You know, sometimes in the middle of a conversation, um, you, you're asking the Lord to to give you some wisdom or give you some insight in in the situation that you're you're, you're dealing with, and um, you know, uh, you say, "Lord, help me." Uh, Nehemiah didn't know what to ask, and because he didn't know what to ask. Then I prayed, he said. And I think that's one of the places that we uh, men and, and women sometimes fail. Um, we, we, I, I think a lot of us would have said, you know what, I'm going to go home and fast and pray and all that you know. No, he, he just trusted. Oh, then I prayed. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew the burden that was on his heart, Paula, was was a burden from God. It could, could be no other source. And, and uh, Nehemiah knew uh, the Lord 
was granting him favor. That's why he was the cupbearer to the king. And so then I prayed. Mm-hmm. And when 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 you're doing something for the Lord, and when when you've you've accepted that burden that He's given you in 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 your heart, um, the then I prayed always, always, always gets an answer. And I think too many of us, and I'm speaking now, Jeff, particularly about pastors. I think too many of us um, just decide we're going to do what makes sense instead of doing what God asks us to do. And I think, especially in, in, in Jesus' church, we have the responsibility to do what he tells us to do, no questions asked. And people think, well, well what if I'm wrong? Well, if your heart's right, God will Rubik's Cube you and put you back there together. You go. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Let's go to Harold online, too. Harold, thank you for holding. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Uh, y'all were discussing about thoughts, about things that... Uh, you know, if you want to do something, just go do it. You know, you don't have to be totally professional about it, maybe. And I, my, my, one of my thoughts that I had about a year before all this corona started, I didn't think about it until just just now when I heard you on the radio again. I know where there's a empty church in town, and my thought was, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I'm just saying my thought was, is maybe once a week have a church where anyone could come in and ask any question and maybe have a priest one week or maybe a preacher, uh, a different denomination, maybe a rabbi one time. And that's just, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm getting up in years and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it, but I do know a place and I just thought if it would be a good place, I know the idea is winning souls to Jesus and all that. And that's the most important thing. But sometimes people have a lot of questions that might lead up to that. I don't have the answers to them. I may have some, but that's my thought. You know, if you wanted to elaborate on that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Harold. God bless you. You know, uh, there's no calling that's too big for God. So uh, if he's if he's calling you to do something, then you start doing. I'll give you a quick example, Harold. Um, When when I was called to go to Bible college. I, I went to Bible college. Um, after a couple of months, I got the call to begin praying for the people of San Antonio. Um, I wrestled with that for a couple of weeks. God said, well, that's where I'll be waiting for you. So I knew, I knew beyond any doubt that that's where I was going to go. But I also knew that I needed to finish Bible college. So it wasn't, oh, just drop everything and leave. God, God, likes finishers. And so uh, we finished Bible college, graduated, and then we left. Um, so, so all of that to say this, Harold, whatever God's asked you to do, start doing what you can to accomplish it now. Just make sure it's the Lord. He'll let you know if your heart is right. And Harold, you've called enough times on this program that we know your heart is right before the Lord. You want to please him. Um, um, Abraham was pretty old when God called him. Moses was pretty old when when uh, God called him at the burning bush. Um, um, just just take a step of faith and do it. Now, how do you start, um, I don't know, make inquiries about the empty buildings? Uh, in the meantime, when you talk to people, share Jesus with them. See, that's the thing. You gotta, you, you gotta be engaged with the people that you are in contact with. People that say, "Well, well, I, you know, I would share if I had a church, or I would share if if I had a direction." No, just share. It doesn't matter 
who you're with, just share. And when you do that, um, God will honor it. And he's the one who will direct your steps. And there's nothing quite like being on, I, I call it that, that little cushion of Holy Spirit air. Uh, it, it's like an escalator uh, in the real world. You're moving without moving. The Spirit of God is moving you. And um, he will move you places that, that don't seem possible to you. And not only that, he will move you places, even if you think you know where you're going, he'll move you places and in ways that you never dreamed would happen or could happen. So, Harold, uh, don't, don't worry about your age. Just just see what the Lord wants you to do and set out to do it. Purpose in your heart. Offer your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord. When you do that, um, that's when he can start moving through you in the lives of others. Thank you, Harold. Let's go to Daniel on line one from San Antonio. Daniel, thank you for holding her on the air. Hello, Pastor Allen. Um, Hi, Daniel. This, I, uh, um, this is our first time calling. I've, I've, I've sent you emails before, but um, yeah, I was. Uh, we kind of answered part of my question with the, the gentleman before me, uh, you know, because I, I feel like uh, it was called, you know, to do uh, certain things. And, and tomorrow I have to talk to, I guess, a friend of mine that's um, in a bad way, and he he's not long for the world, and 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 he, you know he's not a believer and uh, and and uh, I would love for him to to you know accept Jesus you know there on his death you know, on his deathbed but I I just never know what to say you know when the moment comes and I've had some missed opportunities before and yeah. it's not something that I want to pass up again. Yeah, good for you, Daniel. I'm going to have Paula share a quick story, and and then I'll I'll give you some some detail on what to say. But um, j- just trust that this is God who's given you another chance at somebody that you care about. Mm-hmm. So listen to what Paula is saying, then I'll I'll kind of tune in there, Paula. Yeah, a long time ago, uh, one of Ron's old bosses was in the hospital, and and I knew I heard the Lord tell me to go and and minister to him. This is me. I don't know him. He doesn't know me, and I don't know enough. What if I don't do it right? And I didn't go. The guy passed away. And I said, Lord, I am so sorry. And God, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't really need us, but he wanted to use me just like he wants to use you this time. Um, and so I said, I'll never let my fear get in the way again. And so an opportunity came up again where I was called to go to the hospital um, because this man had cancer and they didn't think he was going to live. I said, I'll be right there. And I went and um, I led him to the Lord, Harold. It was so, I mean, Daniel, I led him to the Lord, Daniel. And I was not sure that I had done it right. So, you know, I come home and, and I asked Ron, you got to go back to the hospital with me. He accepted the Lord, but I'm not sure. Did I do it right? You got to come. And I, I really just like, no, you have to come. So he came with me to, you know, make his wife feel better. But yeah, I never have missed another opportunity when it arrived. And so God is so nice to give you this opportunity. And the thing is, Jesus is the one who knows. He says, don't worry about what to say. I will tell you what to say at the right time. 
Yeah, Daniel, let me tell you the punchline of that story. Uh, that, that man um, had been living with the same woman for 35, over, over 35 years. years. And um, they, they just started coming to our church just at the very beginning is how we knew them. And so when Paula went over to tell him and, and, and he gave his heart to Jesus, uh, Paula looked at him and said, you know, you got to marry this girl. Mm-hmm. You got to marry her. And, and, and Paula and two of her friends arranged a wedding in the hospital with the chaplain there on the spot, went and got a, a rush marriage certificate, yep. arranged a marriage. Um, the guy lasted another six months mm-hmm. or so. Yep. And I, I had the privilege of doing his funeral. And he told me what he wanted me to say to people, those kind of things. So um, obedience has its own rewards. Very, very uh, important. Um, Daniel, when you talk to your friend, uh, remember two things. He's in a bad way. There's no time to waste. And that's the way you approach him. And just say, you know, I love you, bro. I really do. And I've been praying for you. But right now, because I'm your friend, I got to tell you the truth that maybe you don't want to hear. I'm going to tell him that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Tell him things don't look good for you here. Now, now God might do something, but, but if you're going to die, I want you to meet Jesus. I don't want there to be heaven without you there. So now's the time to get serious. And if he says, I don't want to talk about it, say, well, I don't care. I'm going to tell you anyway. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He proved how much he loved you. You're like the thief on the cross who at the last minute asked God to forgive him. And, and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And in a moment, at any time now, your eyes are going to close for the last time. Mm-hmm. And you're either going to be in the presence of glory or you're going to be in eternal torment. And and that's why I'm here to tell you. Now, you don't want to hear any more than that. That's okay. But I told you the truth. And I told you because I love you. Yeah. So Daniel, we'll be. I'll be praying tomorrow. I'll, I'll remember that, and I'll be praying for your trip there. God bless you. Thank you. Um, we just had a call, an anonymous caller, into the stu into the studio, and asked, "Will God cause a married couple to be together in heaven if one was a carnal Christian and the other was a mature Christian?" And will Paula, please provide words of encouragement for a situation like that. Well, I know Paula can do that. Uh, one thing I know, uh, Anonymous, you will not be married in heaven. Uh, but in this case, uh, you will be together. Uh, if in fact, and whenever I hear somebody say he's a carnal Christian, uh, most often that means they're not really a Christian. Um. You know, people that live for the flesh will not, according to Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 6, inherit the kingdom of God. Now, they like to think they are. We all like to think we got that eternal life insurance policy that we can cash. But the reality is that um, most often it's, it's, it's lip service Christianity. And uh, those people are going to be in for a rude awakening when they every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So keep praying for him. I assume this is from a female. You ask Paula to, to encourage you. Keep praying for him. Uh, be honest with him about his carnal, carnal so-called Christianity. And, um, um, and you keep living according to the counsel that Paula is going to give you right now. Paula? Yeah, and the coolest thing is if he really is a Christian and you're together, remember in heaven, there'll be no more tears, no more no more pain. And we will know as we are fully known. And, you know, 
some Christians, not some, yeah, some Christians are going to be in heaven in a smoking section, basically. <laughs> the Lord's going to look at if your husband's carnal in, in way too many ways, he's going to say, this was a gift to you. And he's going to lose quite a few rewards if the carnality um, makes it through. But yeah, in, in heaven, it'll be a completely different thing. We will love so purely. The love that you're desiring now will be way, way better. <laughs> you hanging out with him is not a punishment. It will yeah. be a reward. Right if, now, the question yeah, is that If, in fact, punishment. he makes it. Will he make it yeah. uh, is the one thing that ought to consume you yeah. as a wife. Paula, what encouragement would you give you? She's in an, in an unequally yoked relationship mm -hmm. with somebody who professes Christ, mm -hmm. but not living for Jesus. Yeah. My... My um, encouragement would be to get your focus on Jesus, who is your first husband. Um, all your needs should be met by him. Um, get your focus off of your husband, especially those things that disappoint you about him, and ask Jesus to give you his eyes, his love. Romans 5, 5, love of God is shed abroad in your heart for your husband. You don't well, we shouldn't, as Christians, want anybody to get punishment. We would, we shouldn't be praying that anybody be. Uh, we don't want to pray him to hell. Is, is I might as well just say it like that. Um, but you want to pray for him that Lord, this is the man in my life, and I want him in heaven. Um, he's not very gentle or kind or peaceful. Um, Maybe he's ignoring you or just not a nice person, but you want him to be a nice person. And if he's professing Christian, because a whole lot of people come to church Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday here, um, and yet not really going to go to heaven, um, just pray. But you, you live the life of joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithful, self-control. And, you know, just continue to pray and live the life. Yeah, and, and don't let his flesh trigger your flesh. Yeah. I think that's really important. You 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 um um you've got to stay so close to Jesus, mm -hmm. gotta stay in the word, mm -hmm. uh talk to him all the time. Let your husband see what the and, and, and experience what the sweet aroma of living with a godly woman is really all about. Yeah. So uh, just just resist your flesh. Uh, do like Paula did for 13 years, praying for me. When she was about to lose it, she'd just go out and, and spend time with Jesus. Um, she He was the one that she ran to. And Jesus will always be there for you. And his grace will always be enough mm -hmm. in those difficult times. Yeah. Well, Paula, this second half hour went faster than the first one. So we are out of time. Thank you for the calls. I appreciate it. May the Lord bless bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.